What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish man, do you, uh, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was credited, credited to him as righteousness, and he was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. So that is the passage, and these are my notes. That's a blank sheet of paper. <laughs> Those are not my notes. So, raise your hand if you have heard this passage before. Anyone? Anyone heard this before? I've heard this before too. I, yeah, I've, I've heard a, I've, I've heard it before this week, and I've heard it a lot this week. Um, so, going into this passage, diving into this passage, we actually have sort of like a censorship that goes over. You know, we kind of come into this this passage with uh, beliefs or things or ideas that we formed um, about this passage. So I just invite you tonight um, to just try to take off the lenses that you have over a passage. Whenever we get into um, a part of the word that we have lenses about, um, we just have to say, God, take off those lenses and show me uh, something new. And so that's my prayer tonight, that maybe you'll get something new um, from me speaking out what God has shown me uh, this, this last week about um, this passage. Or, you know, if, if you feel like uh, he's doing something in just your personal, like, reading of, of the word while I'm speaking, that's awesome, because I do that. So <laughs> I, I didn't want to tell John that, but sometimes, you know, like... He'll be working just by looking at the words. He starts doing something on my heart. So if anything, just dwell over this passage and ask for something new tonight. So the first verse in James, it says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? And so the first question um, during my exegesis that I found in this passage is, you know, what it, th- this question is raised, what, what is saving faith? And, um, yeah, I, I, I started to discover, you know, like I'm, I'm thinking about, okay, faith and works. Faith is something that is, is unseen. Faith is something that, um, you know, we can keep to ourselves uh, and it, it can be within us, you know, or that's 
our, our general surface idea of faith. Faith is something that's in the heart. It's unseen. And then works is something that is seen, you know? When we, when we are walking down Baltimore Street and, and this guy comes up to us and he's like, got a quarter? And you're like, ah, oh, shoot. And, and you might... You know, you might give him a quarter if God leads you to that, or you might be like, okay, I, I don't hand out change. I'll give you a sandwich, and so you feed him or something, and that, that might be a work on the surface level. So what James is saying is that there's, there's really not a separation of the two. So what is saving faith? If you're taking notes, saving faith is fruitful faith. Saving faith is fruitful faith. And where do we see this within, with, with, in Scripture? Well, if we go to the beginning, if we look at Genesis, um, you know, as, as beings that are created in the image of God, um, when we have faith and we, we, we receive him into our, our hearts and, and we become new creations, we're supposed to reflect him. And, and his character is, he's, he's a God of, of fruitfulness. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, if we, if we look at Matthew chapter 7, Matthew chapter 7, verse 16, you don't have to turn there, I'll read it for you. It says, you will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor a bad tree produce good fruit. So God himself is a being that overflows, and he overflows with goodness. Out of his heart, he created, and what he created, he, he said it was good. And so as new creations in him, in the same way, when we, um, when, when we have people, like, when they see what we do, we want them to see our works and, and call them good, and not for our sake, but for, for Christ's sake. So the first question is, what is saving faith? Saving faith is fruitful faith. Which leads us to the, the next question, what, what does faith in action really look like? So going back to James, we're now at, you know, verse 15. It says, suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? And so during my own personal revelation time with God on this, um, I started to think um, about the, like, the purpose of this verse. And uh, God started to speak to me, you know, I care about the whole person. God doesn't care just um, about, you know, just about us getting like a, a card that says, oh, I'm going to be with Jesus in heaven, you know. Um, I was thinking kind of through this with the, with the song um, that, was, that was up, um, Furious. It says that he, he's waking hearts to life. And like what good would it be to the world around us if, if he just awakens our heart? Like some days we like we'll wake up and we'll just be laying in bed. And we might be awake, but if we're not getting out of bed, it does no good, you know? Like, if we're just laying in bed, and we're, we're awakened, but we're not going, then, you know, we just stay in bed, and nothing, nothing happens. So, because he cares about the whole person, 
um, he actually he sends people out. You know, we are Jesus' hands and feet, and we've heard that many times before. Um, so when there is a need, God often has a solution through the individuals that he has called. When there is a need in the world, God has a solution. If God has called you to something, it means that he has given you the means to impact an area of need. There's so many times in, um, you know, and this is, this is something that I've heard before, and I don't mean to just be um, casting out, <laughs> like, th- things over you guys that I've heard before, but um, a lot of times people in, in the world, is, uh, they say, you know, there, there's no way that God can be all loving. Like, where is God? Because there's this broken thing, there's that uh, thing that needs fixed, and there's all these problems that are in our world. Um, and then that question is actually raised. Um, I, I would say to that, where, where are um, you know, the people of God? Because if we're, if we're called to be his hands and feet, um, we're called to go after those needs. We're called to go after that brokenness, which shows we're not called to be awake, but lay in our beds, you know? <laughs> um, so, yeah. And another little nugget that I, I've, I've heard from an awesome uh, mentor of mine, his name's George Hopkins. Uh, he always has this little thing uh, where he gets mad at the, the what would Jesus do bracelets. You know, you ever have one of those what would Jesus do bracelets from like the 90s or whatever, and everyone's passing them out. They're like, this is such a powerful thing, WWJD. I'm wearing it on my ankle. I'm wearing it on, you know, you got all these different colors. Um, but his, his thing that he raises is, is what is Jesus doing? You know, actually asking God in that instance, like, in everyday life, instead of like instead of saying, "Oh, God isn't here," like what would he, what would God do if He is here? Um, like the new way of looking at that is saying, "Like what is He doing right now? Like in this instant, what is God doing, and how can I be a part of what He's already doing? How can I be an individual that is acting out through like seeing a need?" And going after that need that is in the world and seeing Jesus um, just be revealed through our everyday life. Um, so, what does faith in action look like? That was the second question. And so, if you want to put in your notes, faith in action requires these three things. So, sacrifice and risk is the first one. Faith in action requires sacrifice and risk. Requires needs being met. And then the result is Jesus being revealed. It's the last thing. So faith in action requires sacrifice and risk needs being met, and Jesus being revealed. So if we go back to this, this uh, little section, suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? So if we were to be on that edge of actually, you know, he's saying we should go out and, and care for a person where there's a need, we should fulfill that need. And it 
we have these lenses that we look at this passage and we say, oh, it's easy. Like, I'll do this thing and, and then it'll be good. It's like a, like a checklist kind of thing. Um, and really what I, I've taken through this, um, taken from this passage rather, is that there's, there's true sacrifice and true risk um, that, that has to happen. Um, and it's not just us um, doing like a few nice things. It's, it's really a giving of ourselves. And um, yeah, there's, there's, there's needs being met. And when, when there's a sacrifice, there, that means that there's actually um, something that is given. Um, so yeah, we, we see that in, um, in the story. If we, if we look at the story of Abraham, this is verse 21 in James 21. It says, was not Abraham or our father justified by works when he offered up Isaac as his son on the altar? You see that faith was working with his works as a result of, sorry, I'm reading the wrong translation. Actually, I'll get back to the other. Well, I'll just read this because I don't want to open my Bible. Sorry. So this is verse 22. You see that faith was working with his works, and as a result of the works, faith was perfected. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says, And Abraham believed God, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see that a man is justified by works and not by faith alone. Um, And so you know the, the story of Abraham um, he literally brings his his son Isaac up the hill um, to be sacrificed and um, sacrificed to the Lord. So there's like a need here. There's there's you know in Jewish law there's there's a sacrifice that has to happen and God called him to do that. God said you know do this and he was there was this obedience that that played out and. Um, he gets up there, and then there's actually a ram in the bush that is is the sacrifice, and the need is met. And and sometimes, like we see this in our own lives, is um, that there might be a need in front of us, and then we actually ask the Lord, um, what what to do in this situation? Like, what can I give of myself to meet that? And He might tell you something that's not even related to what the the surface need might be there's so many times where the like i'm walking down the street i'm walking down charles street and i see a a person um that asks for um money and and that's the immediate need like in my head i think okay this person needs money um but i'll actually ask the lord i'll stop and i'll say god like how can i really help this person like show me the need and that's what I pray. I say, show me the need. And so, yeah, I just, I, I would encourage you um, to just, in your every day, I mean, how many of us uh, have gone down Charles Street before without not getting asked by someone for something? And so it's really cool. Like, God is, a, is adventurous, and he'll, he'll work with you, you know? You just have to ask and, and just take a second um, to look at all that's going on and, and ask him what the need really is and how you as a person can go after that need. Um, so a little story of my own. Um, when I was in Africa, um, I went to Africa like two summers ago. I was in Zambia. And um, 
one of the most memorable times. Uh, I think I've shared this story once before, so I'm sorry if it's the second time for some of you or the fourth time or whatever. Um, but I'm going to share it again right now. Um, so in Africa, I was working with this organization that does a whole plethora of different things. But one of the things that they do is they, they go into homes, um, like they, they look after these orphans more or less. Uh, they, these homes might be made up of like a grandmother and like, you know, grandkids and that's it. Like it's a really, um, broken home situation usually that this organization steps in, supports the family through food, through prayer, um, Anyways, so I this one day I, I jump in the back of this truck and we're we're going down the dirt road in Africa and we're hitting bumps and like you know dodging goats and everything else with this car um, and we show up at this this little hut and um, so we we walked in and there was this grandmother and um, this uh, granddaughter her parents had actually died of AIDS. Um, and it was just a really broken situation. My heart was heavy right when I went into this, this house that, um, to us, it wouldn't be considered anything close to a house, you know? I mean, it, it was made up of mud bricks and, and, uh, blue tarps and, um, yeah, just a, a mixed match of things, um, to just keep water out, you know? And that was their house. And we sat, um, on a little stump and they refused to let, like, they refused to let us sit on the floor, and they sat on the floor, and, um, and this little girl, um, she actually had, um, leprosy on her leg, and, uh, it was, it was getting continually hard for her to walk, and we sat there, and, um, we just talked with the family and laughed at, about just, like, the weather and stuff, and we had brought, uh, rice and beans um, for food, and um, I, I I was making small talk, but at the same time, I was making big talk with God on the inside, um, and I felt him say that I was supposed to um, not only pray for this girl, but I was, I was supposed to put my hand right on um, her leg her, her and her foot where she had leprosy, and um, instantly I'm like, no, <laughs> like no God, <laughs> like I was having a big talk on the inside, just, um, really telling him like, I don't really want to do this. Like take this cup from me, like do, do, do something completely different father. Like I like have someone else pray for them. And, um, yeah. And I, I, I really felt like I was supposed to do that. And I got past, I got past my, um, my worry and, and just believing, you know, God is, is, divine and I, I like I'm I'm not going to get leprosy or anything he's going to keep me safe and even if I do like I don't like yeah I had this like conversation where I was arguing back and forth about like being just sane and like using my mind right and um and he freed me up from all of that and at the end I got to pray with her and I, I'm thinking the need is she has leprosy and she's going to be healed you know like that's the need and so I I just put my hand right there and just started, just started praying and I prayed for healing, but then I also prayed, you know, for his, his, his love. And, um, and she, you know, she didn't get healed in that instant. And I'm like, okay, like what, like what's going on? And, and 
um, you know, she started she started crying, and um, I didn't really understand what the crying meant in the in the moment, like why she was crying. I I just felt like it was maybe out of pain or something. And um, when I reflected on that, I I, I started to get a, a greater revelation um, of the situation that she had actually never been. Um, she'd never been touched or held since um, she had leprosy and since she contracted this uh, disease. And so the far greater need was actually just this need for love, this need for God to um, just touch her. And um, so this is, this is really, I'm, I'm not trying to, to boast in anything and say that like this is amazing that I did this thing. I'm, I'm saying this because like sometimes we just have to go and and even if we don't know the full need we we can say like god i have this i have this part of me that you've given me and i'm willing to give it to this person believing that it's going to fulfill that need and the amazing thing about god is he knows the real need of of whatever person is in front of us he knows the real need of of whatever is in front of us and and even like, if we partner with him and say, okay, you want me to give this, I'm going to give this. And the beautiful thing is, like, he might have a completely different outcome. He might have a completely different need being met. And so in our lives, we really need to just ask God, um, what's that sacrifice that I have to give? Maybe it's my time. Maybe it's something, um, you know, something physical. Maybe it's something that we own that... Um, you know, there's verses where it says, like, you know, you have two coats and there's a person with no coat. Like, what do you do? You give the person a coat. And, um, and then there's, there's verses that uh, which really just reflect what, what was happening up here. I, um, I usually come up when we have circle time and everyone's praying at the front. I, I usually come up and pray, but I, um, I sat back and just watched the circle time and, and watched God used Cynthia, and yeah, there's the verse in in the Bible that says uh, the world will know um, the children of God by their love for one another, and so I'm just like really encouraged um, by your love. So coming back full circle to the scripture in James, um, the first question we had, what, what is saving faith? Saving faith is fruitful faith. The second question was, um, second question was, what does faith in action look like? And we said faith in action requires sacrifice and risk and needs being met. And, um, and then through that, through those needs and sacrifices, Jesus is revealed and, um, all of that fruit really, really points to him. You know, that fruit points to him. Um, and then the next question is, why is faith in action important? Why is faith with works important? And so going back to the scripture, this is verse 217. It says, and this is really the answer why faith is, in, is important, why faith in action is important. In the same way, faith by itself if it is unaccompanied by action, is dead. In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. 
God's heart is, is really for the world to be impacted by his love. And we all know the verse that says, God is love. So, going on to verse 18, it says, But some of you will say, You have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by my deeds. And so I started like wonder about this this verse, you know, it's like it almost sounds like sarcastic, like you have faith, I have deeds, like show me show me your faith without deeds. And, I, and so what does anyone do in this day and age when they can't understand a verse in a certain translation? You go to the message translation. So I went to the message translation, so here it is for you right here. It says, "I can already hear one of you agreeing by saying, "Sounds good. You take care of the faith department." I'll handle the works department. Not so fast. You can no more show me your works apart from your faith than I can show you my works apart, my, my faith apart from my works. Faith and works, works and faith fit together hand in glove. I'll say that again. Faith and works, works and faith fit together hand in glove. So what... What do we realize through all of this is that the definition of true faith is faith in action. It's not faith that is is awake and is half asleep. Faith, true faith, is faith that is in action. Um, Yeah, so I would just um, continue... To in, in, encourage us in this in this way, like some of us have um, our faith like figured out, you know, and and we might even have like our personal time um, with Jesus figured out, you know. We we have the six thirty a.m. alarm clock, and we get up and we read our word, and um, yeah, and that's awesome. Um, and it's been described like this to me before, is you know, like we have the vertical um, relationship with Jesus, and then we have the horizontal. And um, I was really, I was, I was getting tickled by Jesus yesterday when um, we, uh, the worship team got together, and um, it, it was, it was really cool. It was a really awesome time um, when we, when we all got together and um, just started to cast a vision for what true worship looks like um in our church like what what does real like what what is the purpose of what we do and like how can we accomplish these things and one of the things that um luke actually brought up yesterday um was just talking about how um it's not about what we do it's about just being you know and uh he brought up genesis and talking about um, how God said, let there be. And um, it's, it's really cool that when we, when we are just in the presence of God and um, we are just beings in his presence, um, the be, just being a child of his and being a new creation, um, like that, has first presidents and then out of that just flows everything else and it's that picture that when you know god is a faucet and we're the cup if 
if we have that that complete like we're just sitting there you know and we're having that intake then naturally the water overflows and it goes out horizontal and so um we're gonna transition into a time where um we have communion and such and i invite the worship team to come up um right now actually um but yeah, uh, I just think we should just take a time um, where we ask God um, to just reveal to us um, what might be lacking, what is keeping us um, from us just being, our cup just being right in front of that faucet, and um, maybe what is maybe like capping us off and and what is keeping us from from overflowing and um or maybe your question might be what needs have i seen in front of me and what have i um been holding back from god maybe there's like something in your workplace where um god keeps putting the same person on your heart and you know like you have this little lie that you say oh i can only do this and that lie is is so wrong, you know. Um, God asks us um, to just give uh, just the smallest the smallest thing, and He'll do amazing things with it. If there's a need and um, you just think you only have a little bit, um, He says that's enough. So um, yeah, let's just take a little bit of time with Him. Just let him speak to you. Um, let him speak and just uh, declare over you, you know, that you get to dwell in the house of the Lord forever um, and just declare that he's holy. So when you're ready, you can come up and receive the bread and the oil, juice. <laughs> been spoken tonight um, as part of your family you call us to walk in your footsteps you call us to be like you um, and you've by your grace you provided the means for us to um, to do that to to actually put this faith into action and and as we come to the table tonight we we come to uh, see the first fruits of faith and action. It's um, it's when you, in um, collaboration with your Father and our Father and the Holy Spirit, you you step down from your home and you made your home among us, and uh, you revealed what God truly looks like. What God truly looks like what his nature really is and you did that in 
human form. So we could see it. So we could hear it. So we could touch it. So that we could be changed fully by it. Jesus, I thank you that you modeled for us what faith and action really looks like. And I thank you that without um, your belief that this plan was the best plan and you walking through with it until the end, without that, we're not here. Without that, we're not a part of this family. Without that, we are um, orphans. We're lost. Broken. And yet you've you said yes to those things. And you, you were in agreement with the word of your Father that this is the best plan. And thus, here we are. So tonight we come to the table and we come to receive your good work over us. Thank you, Jesus. And I thank you that um, that work is meant to propel us into um, duplicating and mirroring the work that is this family on earth, this love on earth lived out, displayed, made real, made tangible, made visible, heard. So God, I pray we would be a people sent forth. And as we come to your table tonight, we come to receive your work on our behalf. And Lord, we say amen to that same work exhibiting itself through us so that you would get the glory, so that people would come to know you, so that your kingdom would be manifest here and now. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. When you're ready, you can come and receive